Well, Rabbi Guy, I want to thank you for that. And I want to, if I may, add some more scriptural context to that wonderful uh, clarification of where God is and where he isn't, explaining, you know, God is omnipotent and omniscient. It doesn't mean that he's a voyeur. God's eyes are holy. He knows where you are, but he's not looking as you're putting that needle in your veins. He's not looking as you're having that promiscuous sex, cheating on your wife, your husband, having bestiality, homosexuality, lesbianism. He's not looking as you're killing and raping people and war. He doesn't look upon wickedness. He doesn't look upon you do. There's all kinds of websites that we all can look at and find fetishes. God's aware, but he's not entertained by it. We're entertained by that, aren't we? We're entertained by watching people get hacked up. We're entertained by violence. We find it entertaining. We've been desensitized. God's holy. He's loving, not lustful. So although he's aware, he's not sitting there eating popcorn on a high definition, zooming in on those close-ups for those sex scenes and the pornos and in television and in the streaming and in the music videos and Beyonce gyrating on the stage, touching herself and having someone else gyrate on top of her and then call herself a follower of Jesus Christ, godless Jezebel, not grabbing himself in his private area and overexposing. We've done some mess, haven't we? We've been involved in all kinds of mess, trying to take God off his throne and dirty him. Trying to take something pure and make it impure. Forcing an innocent child to watch strippers on a stage. Forcing rape. Getting a kick out of it. Taking a child and making him go to bed with a prostitute. You've done it. You've seen it. You've been a part of it. It's been done to you. Done a lot of wickedness. Taking a baby and getting it drunk just to see how it would respond. You've done it. You know who you are. So God is everywhere. And yet nowhere where you're at. See, David said to dwell in the house of the Lord. And to have his presence dwell. You remember what happened with Saul? 1 Samuel 16, 14 to 23. But the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. When the, Lord, when the spirit left Saul, he threw spears at David, tried to kill him. Did all kinds of wickedness. When the spirit left him. When David left the Lord. <laughs> See, one thing or the other will happen. Either God leaves you or you leave him. And we'll read Psalm 91. Or you leave him when we leave him because we decide God says we leave him. God isn't coming alongside. He's not a tag along. He's not your designated driver while you're in the backseat getting drunk, vomiting and having sex. Please don't take your Holy Spirit from me after he walked away from the Holy Spirit. Rather you think that's an inward or outward. Listen, rather the Lord's on the outside of you or the inside. He's nowhere near you. Nowhere near us. 
when we decide to take a vacation from him. He's got to leave. The moment that porno comes on, he's out of there. Oh, I'm out of here. The moment that prostitute knocks on the door and, you, and, you're, and he's in there with you, I'm leaving. It's not going to sit there with you. It's not going to be entertained while you get high. While you come in and you see your friends break out cocaine on the table. You just came for dinner. Now they got the cocaine out. They got the heroin out. They got the weed out. Wait, what are you doing? Well, I got to get out of here. You're judged by the company you keep. What do you think God is going to be in that company? Taking something holy and making it unholy. You know, they've got restaurants where you can't even go in unless you have a tie on, unless you have shoes on, unless your pants are buttoned and they're long, not short. Men have more restrictions about your presence than you think God has? No. He said in Genesis 6-3, my spirit is not going to always put up with man, not always strive with man. At some point he says, bye-bye, Felicia, Jacob, Andy, Aiden, Michael, Adam, Robert, Josh, Tyler, Trevor, Mikkel, Natalie, Michelle, Keenan, Kevin, Douglas, Michelin, Misha, Christian, Matthew, all of you, whoever your name might be, I just bottled up some names that came out of my head. Who knows? Bye-bye. Doesn't care who you are. Doesn't care how rich you are. Doesn't care if you're a preacher, a pastor, a pope, a pimp, or a prophet. Doesn't care. You're a human being. Dust in the wind. A blade of grass here today and gone tomorrow. Created. Being. A little tiny thing. And when you mess with God and who he is, he's out of there. He's either kicking you out or he's walking out. He's not going to accompany us in wickedness. He's holy. And as Rabbi Guy was talking, the tabernacle, the temple, the tabernacle, the presence, the dwelling place of the Lord. Jesus said, abide in me and I shall abide in you. But you've got to love and you've got to abide. 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 13, if I speak in tongues of mortal men and of angels, but have not love, I'm just making noise like a clanking cymbal. Just making noise, hitting the drums, thinking God's in your service. You turn the speaker up, put the strobe lights on, scream, shout, get some harmonies. Try to pretend God's here. Let's make him come. You can't dictate God coming by getting on a stage, showing off, thinking your, your cool guitar riff, your jazz piano. That you can muster God like you can muster a man and press God with a voice when the heart's wicked. This isn't American Idol. And then again, it is, isn't it? But God's not an idol. You created that. Ezekiel 10. See how his glory moves. How his glory moves amongst us. How it comes when it leaves and how long it stays. The spirit of the Lord can banish you, Jeremiah 7, from his presence. Get out. We have all know that. You're dirty. I would come inside the house for dinner 
My parents said, go in the bathroom and wash your feet before you walk in this house. Go upstairs, brush your teeth before you come out to dinner. Go up there and clean and put some deodorant on before you leave for school. Go into a meeting. You got ketchup. Why don't you go home and change? I've had the employer of my company tell me to go home and change my shirt once. In an office where they curse like devils, sleep with each other, but a mustard stain on my shirt. Even the devil wanted me to go home and change it. What do you think God wants from us? You've played games too long. God help us. Every last one of us. We need to teshuva. We need to repent. We are a wicked brew. Because you've put women in front of God. Sex in front of God. You've made your wives God. You don't listen to the Lord. She controls you. The government controls you. Trump or Biden or some politician controls you. Athletes in Hollywood and sports controls you. Commentators, imitators, emulators, comedians. And the worst one of them all, you control you. You are your own God. And you can be your own grandpa, but you cannot be your own God. And then last but not least, the devil. But you got to go a long way before the devil controls you because you are your own devil. Before the devil gets there, that's when everything else fails. You're doing a fine job. He can sit back and have cocktails on the beach and do nothing. You're doing a fine job in your human rebellion, kicking God out. There's no greater sermon that illustrates this. You religious Pharisees, you hypocrites, you liars, you haters of God. Then Acts chapter 7. The Kohen Haggadah asked, the Kohen Haggadah, the high priest, are these accusations true? And Stephen said, brothers and fathers, listen to me. The God of glory appeared to Abraham, Avinu, in Mesopotamia, before he lived in Haran. He said to him, Leave your land and your family. Huh, you worship your family. Your fathers, your mothers, your girlfriends, your boyfriends, they control you. Go into the land that I will show you. Live like I'm telling you. Do what I tell you. So he left the land of the Kasdim. He lived in Haran. After his father died, God made him move to this land where you are living now. This is a sermon. He gave him no inheritance in it. Not even space for one foot, yet he promised to give it to him, a possession, and to his descendants after him. Even though at the time he was childless, what God said to him was your descendants will be aliens in a foreign land where they will be in slavery and oppressed for 400 years. But I will judge the nation that enslaves them. And God said, and afterwards, they will leave and worship me in this place. And he gave him Barit Milah. So he became the father of Isaac. And then his Barit Milah on the eighth day. And Isaac became the father of Yaakov. And Yaakov became the father of the 12 patriarchs. Now the patriarch grew jealous of Yusuf, sold him into slavery in Egypt. But Adonai was with him. He rescued him from all his troubles and gave him favor 
and wisdom before Pharaoh, king of Egypt, who appointed him chief administrator over Egypt, over all his household. Now there came a famine that caused much suffering throughout Egypt and Kianan. But when Yaakov heard that there was grain in Egypt, he sent our fathers their first time. The second time, Yosef revealed his identity to his brothers, and Yosef's family became known to Pharaoh. Yosef sent for his father, Yaakov, all of his relatives, 75 people. And Yaakov went down to Egypt. There he died, as did other ancestors. Their bodies were removed to Shechem, Shechem, and buried in the tomb of Abraham, had bought the one that he had bought from the family of Hamor in Shechem for a certain sum of money. And as the time drew near for the fulfillment of the promise God had made to Abraham, the number of our people in Egypt increased greatly until there arose another king over Egypt who had no knowledge of Yosef. With cruel cunnings, this man forced, you know, the new CEO, that new supervisor, that new manager that's in the office has no knowledge of the relationship. He forced our fathers, put them in newborn, put our fathers and put their newborn babies outside their homes so that they would not survive. It was then that Moshe was born and he was beautiful in God's sight. For three months, he was reared in his father's house. And when he was put out of the house of Pharaoh's daughter, took him and brought him up as her own son. So Moshe was trained in Egypt in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and became both a powerful speaker and a man of action. That's interesting. But when he was 40 years old, the thought came to him to visit his brothers, the people of Israel. Man, I need to see my people. You've been away from your people too long, haven't you? You've been away from Israel. You've been in Babylon trying to act like an American when you were an Israeli Jew. Trying to forget your heritage. Get back to Israel. On seeing one of them being mistreated. Don't get me wrong. A lot of African-Americans going back to Ghana, going back to the West Coast of Africa. I'm sure you racists love that. Good. Some of you need to go back and get out of America, go back to your country. You've come over here and forgot where you've come from. Some of you Mexicans have been whitewashed and forgot where you've come from. On seeing one of them being mistreated, he went to his defense, took revenge by striking down the Egyptian. He supposed his brothers would understand that God was using him to rescue them, but they didn't understand. Even then, Moses was in the rescuing mode that God had exalted him to rescue. He was already in the mindset. He didn't know how it was going to happen, but he wanted to rescue his people. That happened before he saw the burning bush, by the way. But they didn't understand when that appeared the next day. They were fighting and tried to make peace between them by saying, men, you are brothers. Why do you want to hurt each other? You're brothers. You know how many of you try to hurt me? You claim to be my brother. Rather, it's my flesh brother or my spirit brother. I spend more time fighting with most of you that claim to believe in God than I ever do fighting with unbelievers. Hardly ever can remember a fight I've had with an unbeliever, but I can remember every fight you've put up with me as a believer. You're dangerous. The one was mistreating his fellow. Jesus said, by this shall all men know you are my disciples by the way you treat each other. You can't even talk right when you meet a believer in a grocery store. You're suspicious, evil, demonic. It's like talking to a devil. Like the Pharisees that Jesus faced. Men, you are brothers. Why do you want to hurt each other? The one was mistreating, 
talking behind each other's back, Lashon hurrah, gossiping, backbiting, saying something nasty about someone that loves the Lord. Moses' sister got leprosy for that, talking behind her brother's back, gossiping about him. The Korah, the one who was mistreating his fellow, pushed Moses away and said, who made you ruler? Who do you think you are? Look at the arrogance and the pride. You want to kill me too? The way you killed the Egyptian? On hearing this, Moshe fled the country, became an exile in the land of Midian, where he had two sons. He had to leave. You push out the deliverer. You push out the man that's rescuing you. Don't even appreciate the intervention. Somebody has said something wrong. Righteous men suffer. Jesus did. Peter did. Paul did. Moshe did. David did. Saul chased him down. The hero of Israel chased him down. The king's chasing down the hero. No good deed goes unpunished. One of the greatest signs that you're a man of God. Watch the people that claim to be followers of God. Watch what they do to you. You don't have to worry about the world. We already know about the world. Watch what those who claim they have crosses around their neck. Call, go to churches, have Bibles. After 40 years, morph, an angel appeared to him in the desert near Mount Sinai in the flames of the burning thorn bush. When Moshe saw this, he was amazed at the sight and he approached it to get a better look. The voice of Adonai, I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Yaakov. But Moshe trembled with fear. He did not dare look. Adonai said to him, take off your sandals. The place where you are standing is holy ground. I have clearly seen how my people are being oppressed in Egypt. I have heard their cry. I've come down to rescue them. Now I will send you to Egypt. This Moshe, whom they rejected, saying, who made you a ruler and judge, is the very one whom God sent both as ruler, ransomer, by means of the angel that appeared to him in the thorn bush. This man led them out, performing miracles and signs in Egypt, the Red Sea, the wilderness of 40 years. This is the Moshe who said to the people of Israel, God will raise up a prophet like me from among your brothers. This is the man who was in the assembly in the wilderness accompanied by an angel that has spoken to him at Mount Sinai by our fathers, the man who was giving living words to pass on to us. But our fathers did not want to obey him. On the contrary, they rejected him and in their hearts turned to Egypt, turned back to Babylon, turned back to America, turned back to the world, New York, Los Angeles, Miami, turned back to the religious Pharisees, saying to Haran, make us some gods to lead us because this Moshe who led us out of Egypt, we don't know what has become of him. That was when they made an idol in the shape of a calf, yours is in the shape of a cross, and offered a sacrifice to it and held a celebration in honor of what they made with their own hands, statues of Mary and Jesus and babies and angels, worship. <laughs> That's what we do. So God turned, so God turned away from them. He leaves you. Oh, God is always with me. No, he's not. Well, I'm always, you're not always with him, but I'll tell you, he'll banish you or he will leave you. So God turned away from them, gave them over to 
worship the stars, astrology, psychics, tarot cards, crazy, wicked, witch women, all kinds of crazy gypsy clothes, coast to coast, George Norrie, aliens, UFOs, higher power, energy. Yeah, previous life, I was once an Egyptian princess, and I'm a man over to worship stars, as has been written in the book of the prophets. People of Israel, it was not to me that you offered slaughtered animals and sacrifices for 40 years in the wilderness. No, you carried the tent of Molech and the star of your God, Rephan, the idols you made so that you could worship them. Therefore, I will send you into exile beyond Babel. Our fathers had the tent of witness in the wilderness. It had been made just as God who spoke to Moshe had ordered it made according to the pattern. Moshe, and they did that to the pattern. They followed the rules there. Later, our fathers, who had received it, bought it with Yeshua. When they took the land away from the nations that God drove out before them. So it was until the days of David, he enjoyed God's favor and asked if he might provide a dwelling place for the God of Yaakov. And Shlomo did build him a house. But Ha Ayon does not live in places made by hand, as the prophet says. God does not live in your church building. God does not live in your cathedral. God does not live in your mosque. God does not live in your synagogue. Heaven is my throne, says Adonai, and the earth is my footstool. What kind of house could you build for me? You're going to church, you're going to church. Don't ask that question. What kind of place could you devise for my rest? Didn't I myself make all these things? Stiff-necked people. With uncircumcised hearts and ears, you're a stubborn brew. You church Americans, you are a stubborn brew. You continually oppose the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit. You do the same things your fathers did. You're no different than the religious, jealous zealots of America and its foundings. And before that, the ones in Israel. Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? They killed those who told in advance about the coming of the Sadiq, the righteous. Every prophet you read was persecuted. Mocked, put in stocks, thrown in pits, thrown in lion dens, set on fire, put in prison, put in shackles. You think I'm worrying about what you can do to me, what you can do to Rabbi Guy? I know who you are. You are the ones that carry the Bible and think you know God. You are the danger. Religious demon. I like to remind you it was the demon, the religious demon, the fallen angel that wanted the throne of God. He didn't want witches and voodoo. He wanted the throne of God. There's nobody that's going to come at you when you are a man or woman of God more than the people that are religious who want the power of God. God's presence. But he... On hearing these things, he says, you have become his betrayers and murderers. You who receive the Torah as having been delivered by angels, but you don't keep it.
God knows what is said of you modern day followers. On hearing these things, they were cut to their hearts. They began to grind their teeth. Adam, oh, I've seen you. You ground your teeth at me. You've gossiped in your houses with your families, your fathers, your brothers, and your sisters, and your wives. You've talked amongst yourselves. I know who all of you are. I've served the Lord since I was five. I know who you are. You should fear God. You did that to Stephen. Now you're doing it to this Stephen. You did that to Moshe. Jeremiah. To Peter. To Paul. And to Guy. But he, full of the Ruach HaKodesh, looked up to heaven and saw God Shekinah. Hallelujah. With Yeshua standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said. I see heaven opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. At this, they began yelling at the top of their voices so they wouldn't have to hear him say another word. And with one accord, they rushed him, threw him outside the city and began stoning him. And the witnesses laid down their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. As they were stoning him, Stephen called out to God, Lord Yeshua, receive my spirit. He kneeled down and shouted out, Lord, don't hold this sin against them. With that, he died. I know the road is not going to be easy. But I, I'm not tired. I'm not tired yet. I don't feel no waste time. I've come too far from where I started from. Nobody told me that the road would be easy. I don't believe he brought me this far. To leave me. Be faithful. Those who are called to speak to a perverse generation. To warn them to flee the wrath and judgment to come be faithful. Against their threats, their attacks, their mockings, their slanders, be faithful. Because you are a servant of the Holy One. It is his righteousness, not yours, his. So let us humble ourselves, repent of our own sin as messengers of God, turn from our own wickedness, and be ready when he calls us home. Let's clean our hearts, our minds. Let's clean our homes. Let's give him a place to stay. Let's not give our Heavenly Father a reason to leave us to pack up his bags and leave us. Let's not give him a reason to kick us out. My mother left my father. I know what it's like to have the presence of love and nurturing leave a home. My mother was a good mother, but my father treated her poorly. We were traumatized when she left. Wisdom is often referred to as a woman. She left. It left the house cold. 
The stepmothers came in and they were the witches and the wicked women. The suffering escalated on another level. She left. My father was broken. Terribly broken by it. Too little, too late. Didn't realize or didn't think that she would ever leave. See, we take advantage and God won't leave. He won't lift his presence, but he will. It changed his life. It ruined the rest of his life and his children's lives. My brothers and sisters all have suffered as a result of it. Because mother left, the presence of mother left the home. There are other women that's a little different. There are times when the spouse is banished from the home. You have to kick the man out because he molested the children. You had to kick the man out because he was high on drugs. You had to kick the woman out because she was an addict. She was no good for the children. So you had to banish her and get a court order, a restraining order. Are you in a position where you are the one that God has to banish from his presence because you're that dangerous and toxic or where God just leaves and you go, Lord, where are you? I don't feel you. I don't feel your presence. Did you leave him? Or did God leave you? Or did he banish you because of your wickedness? See, our wickedness. You know, the, the scripture says the sin is so heavy that it separates us from God. Sin is a separator from God. God's hand's not too short. But see, when we repent, we remove that separation. Let's repent. Let's call on the name of the Lord. I repent, Lord. I turn from my wicked ways. Then you will say as David, you who live in the shelter of Elion, who spend your nights in the shadow of Shaddai, who say, Adonai is my refuge, my fortress, my God in whom I trust. No man, no woman, no beast, no politician. Lord, you are the one. He's the one that will rescue from the trap of the hunter, from the plague of the calamities. He will cover with his pinions and under his wings. You and I will find refuge. His truth is a shield and a protection. I don't know about the left wing or the right wing, the east wing, the west wing, or no wing, the bird wing, the chicken wing, but I know about God's wings. On the wings of eagles, you will not fear the terrors of night or the arrow that flies by day coming from the Hamas Gaza rockets of Hezbollah or the plagues that roam in the dark from Wuhan or the scourge that wreaks havoc at noon from Fitnall. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand. But it won't come near you. Only keep your eyes open and you will see how the wicked are punished. Fret not thyself because of evildoers. For you, you have made Adonai the most high who is my refuge. You are where I run. I go to the rock. You are my dwelling place. Not the spa, not the gym, not the bar, not the strip club, not the massage parlor, not the beach. You no disaster will happen to you when you run to the dwelling place. It's not in Vegas. It's not in a casino. It's not on a cruise ship. 
It's not in a bathhouse. No calamity will come near you, near your tent. For he will order his angels to care for you, guard you wherever you go. That's his secret service protection for us. They will carry you in their hands so that you won't trip on the stone. You will tread down lions and snakes, young lions and serpents. You will trample underfoot because he loves me. I will rescue him. Hallelujah. Will the Lord say that? Do you love him? Because he knows my name, I will protect him. You don't even call him by his name, do you? God's not his name, by the way. I will be with him when he's in trouble. I will extricate him and bring him honor. The Lord brings you honor. That honor doesn't mean the president of that godless real estate company is going to honor you or the governor of that godless state's going to honor you or that supervisor manager is going to honor you. It doesn't come from the Golden Globes or Oscars, Lombardi trophies. It doesn't come from the PGA golf tournament. It doesn't come from the World Soccer Federation or the godless Greek mythological Olympics. It doesn't come from King Charles by the end of a sword calling you a knight. I will extricate him and bring him honor. I will satisfy him with long life. Show him my salvation. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary for you, pure and holy, tried and true. And with thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary for you. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true. With thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary for you. loves you 
Abba, he loves you And he wants you More than you know He'll help you Abba will help you If you call him With all of your heart Abba Adonai Elohim Ahuvi Abba Adonai to this song under the sound of my voice to begin to think about who are you going to turn to in those moments no matter where you are who you are what you are what you've done I know the world's let you down I know family has let you down you've even let yourself down but all you have to do is cry out to your father Abba father he wants to protect you he wants to love you. He wants to shield you. He wants to woo you. Call him Elohim Mahuvi. We need you. We need you more. Elohim Mahuvi. Elohim 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 